If you have your copy of the Word of God, let me encourage you to open with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 18. That's the verse we'll be in today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18. That'll be our primary text, and then we will look at some other ones along the way. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Pastor Jack Hinton shared about how he was leading a time of worship in song at a leper colony. And a lady was standing in the front facing away from him, and she turned around toward the platform, and he said it was the most hideous face he had ever seen. Her nose and her ears were entirely gone. And she lifted up a a fingerless hand and asked, Can we sing, Count Your Many Blessings? With no fingers to count. And overcome with emotions, the pastor said he he left the service and one of his team members followed him and the team member said, I guess you'll never sing that song again. And the pastor said, Oh yeah, I'll sing it again, but I'll never sing it the same way again. You know, in Luke 17, the Bible tells us that Jesus encountered 10 lepers. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And here's how Jesus responded. Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, that's an odd way to respond, isn't it? Go show yourselves to the priest. Well, in Judaism, if someone had a sickness or some kind of disease or leprosy or something that would make them unclean, once they were deemed clean or once they felt like they had been cleansed, then as an act, a step of faith, they would go to the priest to be ceremonially cleansed and welcomed back into the, uh, to the worship of, of into, the, into the religion of Judaism. But there was one of the ten lepers, the Bible tells us, When he saw that he was healed, listen to what happened. He turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And the Bible then tells us he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, as he often did with a question, and here's how Jesus answered. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? You see, when it came to the one out of ten lepers, Jesus knew. When it came to the ten lepers, Jesus knew exactly who was grateful, and he knew exactly who was ungrateful. And today, Jesus knows who among us is grateful and who among us is ungrateful. Jesus still knows. He still knows. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, the, the Bible says very clearly that for the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And then we race, us good church-going folk, we, we kind of we, we want to race over to, to, to the part where it talks about homosexuality being sin and God gave them over to their depraved minds and women were doing shameless acts with women and men were doing shameless acts with men. And we, we race there and say, see, there's 
ungodliness and there's unrighteousness in the lifestyle of homosexuality but we skip over and true homosexuality is sin but we skip over (laughs) this for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him Paul identifies the ungodly in Romans 1 as ungrateful. As ungrateful. Paul writes in 2 Timothy and says, But understand this, that in the last days there will be times of difficulty. Uh, People will be lovers of self, lovers of money. They'll be proud. They'll be arrogant. They'll be abusive. They'll be disobedient to their parents. They'll be ungrateful. Ungrateful. When it comes to giving thanks today to the Lord God Almighty, I want each of us to ask ourselves a question. And the question is not, where are the nine ungrateful lepers? But the question I want us to ask ourselves today is, where is mine? Where is my gratefulness? Where is my thankfulness? Where is my gratitude? Not where are the nine, but where is mine? And here we see what the Holy Spirit has to say to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. If you're there, say, I'm there. Remember, as we read this, you're asking yourself the question, where is mine? Not where are the nine, but where is mine? So look at this, verse, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Holy Spirit, would you help us receive this word and respond to it? Oh God, would you do something inexplainable today? We ask it in Jesus' name and God's people said. So here we go. Here, here's three principles I just want to take right out of verse 18. And, and the first one is be thankful. Be, be thankful for Christ. Number one, be thankful. Be thankful for Christ. Now, you might think, well, pastor, are you unaware of what's happening today in our world? Are you unaware that morals are are no more? Are you unaware that cancel culture is commonplace? Are you unaware that our churches are becoming more and more empty while hospitals and prisons and rehab centers and nursing homes and graveyards are becoming more and more full? Are you unaware that racial tension is as thick as I can ever remember it being? Are you unaware that folks are having to decide between taking a vaccine or losing their jobs? Are you unaware that this uh, virus has gone viral? That the very fabric of our nation is unraveling before our eyes? That there's international unrest? That there's a, a sinking sense of security? Are you unaware that it seems as if God has turned us back on this world? Are you, shouldn't we be wringing our hands with worry? And shouldn't we be pacing back and forth in a panic? Shouldn't we be overcome with discouragement? Absolutely not. God says give thanks in all circumstances. I can only think of one circumstance whereby you may have an exemption of giving thanks. And that is on Thursday when you sit down at the Thanksgiving dinner table and somebody serves or you serve ham. (laughs) 
Ham is the inferior meat. And I can prove it. When Jesus drove the legion of demons out of the man, where did he drive them into? The pigs, the swine, the ham. Ham is inferior. But I, I, know, I know we should be thankful for ham too. I am Sam, I am, and I do not like ham. But we're to give thanks in all circumstances, not some of them, but all of them. And we see this, I mean, we could spend the rest of the day reading Scripture about being thankful. Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Psalm 107, 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He is good. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. We leave this little part out. With thanksgiving, we leave that out. No, we're, we're to, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make our requests known to God. Colossians 2, 3, 4 goes on and on about abounding in thanksgiving, being thankful, watching with a thankful heart, and, and giving thanks with thankfulness in your hearts. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Let us be grateful, for we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And it goes on and on. We see it in Revelation. In fact, you cannot... Paul couldn't hardly write a New Testament letter without giving thanks. Romans, Paul says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. 1 Corinthians, he rips that church apart. But before he does it, he says, I give thanks to my God always for you. Ephesians, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Philippians, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Colossians, we always thank God when we pray for you. 1 Thessalonians, we give thanks to God always for all of you. 2 Thessalonians, we ought always to give thanks to God for you. 2 Timothy, I thank God whom I serve. Philemon, I thank my God always when I remember you. Give thanks in all circumstances. That, that, that giving thanks, it literally means to express gratitude, to show it, to show things. Not, not just to, to be thankful and not tell anybody, but tell them. Paul not only told people, I'm thankful for you, he told them why I'm thankful for you. That's what we're to do. Give thanks, show gratitude, show, uh, express this thankfulness often. Don't fall into the pit of feelings. Man, w w w remember, your Feelings will fail you. How you feel will fail you. I know oftentimes you don't feel like giving thanks. When you feel betrayed, you don't feel like giving thanks. When you feel unloved, you don't feel like giving thanks. When you feel less than, you don't feel like giving thanks. Or when you feel cheated, or when you feel inferior, or when you feel cast out, or when you feel self-pity, you don't feel like Giving thanks. But don't fall for your feelings. They will fail you every time. Your feelings will fail you. But even when you don't feel like it, and you give thanks, you know what you're doing? You're proclaiming. You're not complaining. The world says complain, 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 right? Complain. 
But when you don't feel like it and you give thanks, you are proclaiming. You're proclaiming that God is wiser than you. You're proclaiming he's too loving to be unkind. You're proclaiming he's too wise to make a mistake. That's what you're proclaiming. You're proclaiming that he's in control. Even when you don't feel like it, give thanks. In fact, we can say it this way. A complaining Christian is an oxymoron. In fact, Paul identified the ungodly in Romans 1 as ungrateful. Ungrateful. That's how he identified the ungodly. They're ungrateful. John MacArthur said, being unthankful is the very essence of the unregenerate heart. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I know it's right, Pastor, to give thanks when things are good, right? When there's money in the bank. Yeah, when my wedding's not, or when my marriage is not on the rocks, when my children are thriving. I, I know, I know it's good to give God thanks when things are good. And we should give God thanks when things are good. We don't want to ever take Him for granted and not give Him thanks when things are good. We should give Him thanks when things are good. But what about when they're not good? You mean to tell me I'm to give thanks for a messy divorce? I'm to give thanks for that. I'm to give thanks for a financial nightmare. I'm to give thanks for a relational betrayal. I'm to give thanks for a a wayward child or an abusive spouse or a sickness in my body. I'm to give thanks for that. No. That's not what that's not how the text reads. The text doesn't read give thanks for all circumstances. The preposition is so important. It says give thanks in all circumstances. Not for them, but in them. It means to remain within. When, you, when you're stuck in a circumstance. And you don't see any way. And you ask God to remove it and he doesn't. And you're there for some period of time. Be thankful in it. Not for it, but be thankful in all circumstances. So you find yourself in that trying circumstance. And I know you're here today, and some of you are in very difficult circumstances. I know it. So some of you are trying to decide. I've got till this date to take the vaccine or I'll lose my job. What do I do? Or you find yourself, man, I've got to this point to, to take this chemo or radiation, and I'm just in a tough spot. It's making me sick, and what do I do? Or I'm in this difficult circumstance with financially or relationally or emotionally or spiritually. And you're in a trying time. I know that. And in that moment, you can choose. You can choose to complain about it or you can choose to proclaim that God is in control. You, you have a choice here. And, and in fact, it's really not a choice at all. This is a command from God. I don't know if you know this, but give thanks is an imperative it's a command. We are commanded to give thanks in all circumstances. And when we thank God, even in the most difficult circumstances, what we're saying is that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. And when we choose to give thanks in those times of difficult circumstances, we're proclaiming that God is able and willing to keep His promises and He's faithful to do so. And we're proclaiming that 
that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and we're proclaiming that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we're proclaiming that we have a great high priest who can sympathize with us in every way. For he was tempted as we are yet without sin. And we're proclaiming that these momentary afflictions pale in comparison. They are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. So be thankful for Christ in all circumstances. Be thankful. Amen? Give thanks in all circumstances. Well, that seems impossible, doesn't it, on the surface? That leads us to the second principle here. Be thankful of Christ. See, the way we're thankful is we're thankful. We have to think about what Christ has done for us, and that empowers us to be thankful. But to be thankful, we have to think and be thankful. You ever had the thought, what is God's will for my life? Anybody? What's God's will? Man, I want to know what God's will is for my life. I, I want God to reveal. You ever thought, of, thought about that? God, would you reveal your will to me, for me, to me? <laughs> would you do that, God? What's your will, God, for me? What's your will for my family, Lord? I sent you a question on Friday about cooking a turkey. What is the correct way to cook Thanksgiving turkey? I gave you options of baked, fried, or smoked. 33 of you said fried, 44 smoked, and 67 baked. A few said roasted. At least two said cracker barrel. I don't... <laughs> way to cook a turkey... More than one of you said the correct way to cook a turkey is have someone else do it. I got an amen on that one. There really were no incorrect answers, I thought. But five of you sent in an incorrect answer. You sent in ham. <laughs> ham is the wrong answer. What well, is? You know, what is God's will to cook the turkey fried, baked, or smoked? Well, I don't know what God's will is for that. I do know ham is not God's will, right? That's clear. But I don't, I don't know God's will for that. You know, a hundred years ago, Professor James Denny of Scotland said of this text, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. He said, these are the standing orders of the gospel. The standing orders. And he's right. These are imperatives. When you go back to verse 16 and you read this, the Bible says rejoice always. That is an imperative. It is a command. Rejoice always. The second command, pray without ceasing. The third command, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's standing orders of the gospel. Every believer is expected by God, commanded by God, to be joyful, to be prayerful, to be grateful, thankful, all of us. Those are our standing orders as followers of Jesus Christ. And to be able to be thankful, we have to be thankful of what Christ has done. For this is the will of God for you. This is the desire of God for you. This is the purpose of God for you. And nothing will please God the Father more. And if in every circumstance you find yourself, you choose to proclaim and be thankful. That, nothing else will please God more than that. 
When you're in a difficult, tough situation and you give thanks anyway, when you don't feel like it and you give thanks anyway, nothing will please God more than that. Nothing will please the Holy Spirit more when you choose to walk in thankfulness rather than thanklessness. Nothing will please God the Son more than knowing that you, like the one leper, the one leper, gave thanks to God for what He has done for you, in you, and what He's doing through you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So when you sit down to eat any meal, not just the Thanksgiving meal, but any meal, be thankful of what Christ did with that bread. I want you to think of two, two instances where Jesus had bread. Think about feeding the 5,000. Jesus had the loaves and the fish. And, and, and he took that bread. And, 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 he, and he lifted it up. And the Bible says he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples. And they fed 5,000 plus women and children until they were satisfied. And they had leftovers. But Jesus took that bread and he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Think about that. Jesus giving thanks for this bread. And it fed thousands upon thousands. And then think about another meal Jesus was at. The Lord's Supper. The Last Supper. And he takes the bread and the cup. And he takes the bread... This, this, will, this, this is fascinating. He, he takes the bread and, and he says to his disciples, this is my body given for you. This is my body given for you. And then the Bible says he broke it, symbolizing his own body being broken. Now, no bone in his body was broken, but his body was wrecked with the scourging and the crucifixion and the beating. And so he broke that bread and symbolizing his own suffering, his own passion. And then you know what he did with it? You know what he did with it? He gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks to the Father for his own crucifixion. He gave thanks to the Father for His own body being laid down uh, for His sheep, for, for, his, for His own blood being poured out for you and for me. Think of that. I know you're in a terrible circumstance right now, some of you. Some of you are in, you're in a tough spot. And my heart breaks for you. But isn't it good to know that Jesus took on the most difficult circumstance you will find no other circumstance as trying and as hard and as difficult as God the Son being separated from God the Father literally God the Father turning his back on his only begotten Son because he could not look upon sin at the cross he couldn't do it and Jesus dying for the first time ever experiencing what it means to be separated. Taking on your sin and mine. Becoming sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. And breathing his last on the cross. Shedding his blood and dying and being taken down and buried. Think about the difficulty of that circumstance. 
And because Christ overcame and was victorious in the worst of circumstances, I'm telling you, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible for you to give thanks in the most difficult circumstance. Not for it, but in it. It's possible. But you have to think about what Christ has done. What he's doing, what he'll continue to do. So when you sit down for a meal, never forget Jesus holding up that bread, saying to his disciples, this is my body given for you, breaking it and giving thanks. If you're sick, think about In heaven, there is no sickness. Think about these things. And you can be thankful in the worst of circumstances. If you're paying the bills or you, you're, you're figuring out, I can't pay this bill or I'm going to have to push this bill to next month or I don't know how this bill is going to get paid. Give God thanks that your debt has been paid in full by the blood of Christ. Give thanks for that, man. When you, when you find yourself shopping, grocery shopping, give thanks that, hey, God gives us our daily bread daily. And there are no shortages with God. Give thanks. When you find yourself riding in a vehicle with, with Brady, our 15-year-old, who just got a driver's permit. Think about Jesus. He can take that will. He's able and he can take the will anytime. Amen? Give thanks in all circumstances. See, this is not merely good advice to give. This is not merely a good lesson to learn. This is not merely a good move that you need to make. This isn't just simply a good duty that we need to do. It's, it's not merely a good objective to establish. It's not just a good proposition to propose or a good target to hit or a good side hustle to seek. This isn't simply a good word to speak. This is God's will for you. It's His will for you to be joyful, to be prayerful, to be thankful. I know it's not easy. I know it seems impossible. How can I give thanks in this circumstance? Well, you have to think. Because no, don't miss this. For this is the will of God. It doesn't read, for this is the will of God for you. Period. That's not what it says. Lost people can't do this. Let me say that again. Lost people can't do this consistently. They can't. They're not reborn. They're not regenerated. They can't do this continually. They can't. There's a reason why Paul said, I'm content. I've learned how to be content. There's a reason. I've learned contentment in Christ. That, that's what it is. This is God's will for you in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you can't do this consistently. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. That in any circumstance, you can still give God praise. It, you're able to. It's possible for you to do so. So here's the third principle here. Be thoughtful in Christ. Uh, be thoughtful in Christ. See, God not only... Here, here's the beauty of this, of, this, of this passage. God not only commands us to do... I mean, this is a mandate. We are mandated by God Almighty to give thanks. Mandated. 
But not only does he mandate it, he gives us the ability to do it. And then he takes pleasure in it when we do it. Isn't that like God? (laughs) Isn't that like him? Listen to Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Wow. For his glory and for his pleasure. So that's why it reads this way. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You have to be in Christ Jesus to be able to be joyful, to be able to be prayerful and thankful continually, always, without ceasing. No way a lost person can do this. It's impossible. You must be in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says much about being in Christ. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus... That, that God gave us grace before the ages began. You know, the law came through Moses, but grace came through who? Jesus. That in Christ, the Bible says, we were chosen before the foundation of the world. That in Christ Jesus, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through His blood. That in Christ Jesus we were justified before God and His righteousness was imputed to us. That in Christ Jesus we are now a new creation. New, because we're in Christ. And when Jesus came to accomplish all this for us, let me ask you a question. Who was Jesus thinking of? Was He thinking of Himself? Does the Bible say in... in, about Jesus, that he himself bore his sins in his body on the tree, that he might die to sin and live to righteousness? No. No, Jesus didn't die for his sins. He's sinless. He's without sin. It says he himself bore our sins. He wasn't thinking of himself. He's thinking of you. He's thinking of me. That he bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and that we might live to righteousness. He wasn't thinking about himself. When he came to lay down his life for his sheep, did he come to lay down his life for the shepherd? No. The shepherd didn't lay down his life for the shepherd. The shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Why? He wasn't thinking about himself. He's thinking about you and me. When it says he came to give his life as a ransom for many, did he say, I came to give my life as a ransom for me? Did Jesus come to give his life for himself? No. He wasn't thinking of himself. In fact, we're told very clearly that although he was equal with God, he did not think, consider equality with God something to be grasped, so he made himself nothing. Why? Because he's thinking about you, he's thinking about me. And so we too must be thoughtful if we're followers of Christ, if we're little Christ is what the Christians were called in the early days, little Christ. If we are little Christ, if we're following him, then we too must be thoughtful of others in Christ. And not just at Thanksgiving and Christmas time. I know this is a very benevolent time of year. Even even unregenerate people can be benevolent and and give. But, But church, this is something we do in all circumstances. Good, bad, ugly, and all of them. Affirm your spouse in public and private. Affirm him or her. 
write a note thanking someone for the impact they've had on your life and tell them why you're thankful for them. But that's what Paul did. He wrote, he said, I thank God for you. And he told them why. So tell them why you're thankful. Send an encouraging text or email and let somebody know that they've impacted you in a, in a very impactful way and you're thankful for them. Keep, keep a gratitude journal. Keep a journal and write down, this is what I'm thankful for. And keep a journal of it. And refer to it often. Speak words of affirmation over each other, over your children and your spouse. Man, speak that over each other. Be grateful and thankful and show, express gratitude. See, giving thanks here is not just you're thankful but you never tell anybody. That's not what that means. It means giving it, expressing it, showing it. Thank someone in your family this Thanksgiving. You know, somebody that's not expecting it. We've all got that crazy uncle, right? That crazy uncle might be you, right? <laughs> Give thanks for them. Give thanks for that family member that would not expect it from you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let, let me, I tell you, if I were to write this sermon in a sentence, here's, here's what it would be. Here's the takeaway. The gratitude that flows out of you needs to reflect the grace that has flowed into you. The gratitude, the thankfulness, the gratefulness that goes out of you, it must reflect the grace, the mercy that has come into you. <laughs> there needs to be a balance. Is yours out of balance? There needs to be a balance. Does the gratitude you have, does it mirror the grace you've received? If not, there's a problem. See, the assurance of salvation you have needs to reflect the ascended Savior who has you. There needs to be some balance there. There needs to be some mirroring, some reflecting. That the conversations had by you, they need to reflect a conversion that's happened in you. Has there been a change? Your delight in the Lord needs to reflect the desires of the Lord. The forgiveness you give needs to reflect the forgiveness God has given to you. The hope that you have needs to reflect the heaven that has you. Your Instagram stories, they need to mirror, they need to reflect the before Abraham was, I am story. The story of God, the story of redemption. The kindness that you have, the kindness that you show needs to reflect the king of kindness who showed up. The love that you give needs to reflect the love God gave. And the joy that you have, it needs to mirror the Jesus who has you. This is not a suggestion. This is a command, a mandate by God Almighty that we're to be joyful, that we're to be prayerful, that we're to be thankful. So does the mercy you make known today, does it mirror the God's mercies that are new every day? Do, do those mirror one another? Does the rejoicing you do today, does that match the resurrecting God did, He's doing, and continues to do? Hey, the gratitude, the thankfulness, the gratefulness that goes out of you, it better mirror the grace that has come into you. Give thanks in all 
circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know it was God's will to crush His own Son? You know that? For you and for me? So if you've not entered into a relationship, that's what it means to be in Christ Jesus, to be in a relationship with God the Father through God the Son. If you've not entered into that relationship, you're not going to be able to do this. It's going to be impossible. But God has a will for you. And that will is for you to be joyful. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the world. You can be joyful. Even when everything seems to be falling apart, you can be joyful. That's what God's will is for you. God's will is for you to be prayerful. You know what prayer means? I'll break prayer down for you as simple as this. You know what all prayer is? Prayer is simply you depending upon God. That's all it is. And, and the world tells you, oh, you can't depend on that. You don't need. No, no, no. You can be joyful. You can be prayerful. You can be thankful. The world says, don't be thankful. Complain. Don't proclaim, but complain. No, you can proclaim. You can be thankful. But you have to be in Christ. So I want you to stand up with me if you're in the room today. If you're watching, worshiping with us online, stand up as well. And I just want to challenge you and ask you to search your heart. The question we started with, where is mine? Where is your gratefulness? Where's your gratitude? Where's your thankfulness? If it's not there, you might be lost. You might be lost. So have you ever entered into a relationship with Jesus? Have you ever been born again spiritually? Like when we're born physically, it, it happens. There's a time in which it happens. Right? There's a, there's, 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 there's a birth that happens. When we're born again, as Jesus said, spiritually, there's a rebirth. Has that happened for you? I'm not talking about a head knowledge of you've, been, you've known religion all your life. No, do you know Jesus? Are you in Christ or, or are you just in church? Or are you just in religion? Or are you just in a denomination? Or are you in Christ?